Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 362. One of the best pieces of advice I can give any cruiser is to roll with the punches and make the best out of any situation. But sometimes it can be tough to put a happy face on after a few disappointments. But this week's cruise story is about how Kelly had a great cruise despite a series of cancellations. Here we go. On this week's cruise story, I get to be joined today by uh, another podcast listener who's going to share with us a great Royal Caribbean tale from the ship. And joining me from the virtual schooner bar that we've so that we've uh, declared before the recording uh, is Kelly Kolovis from Bowling Green, Kentucky. Kelly, welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Thank you very much, Matt. It's a it's an honor to be here. Absolutely, and uh, you know, you're uh, you sent me an email about a cruise story you wanted to share with us about a cruise that you've uh, been on here. And if you've listened to these podcasts over the last, oh geez, how many? It started out as weeks. I think it's we're going we're going on months now. But you know, sharing if you've listened recently, we've been sharing different tales, different experiences from on board a Royal Caribbean cruise. Because while right now there are no cruises going on, I think it's 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 helpful to be able to look back at better times and remember fun cruises, memorable cruises, interesting uh, incidents at sea, however you want to look at it. And Kelly, where are we going today? Well, we originally were going to be going to Cuba. Um, that was the that was the plan when we booked the cruise. Um, uh, you know, like everybody that that uh, that likes to cruise, we we have our cruise bucket list. And uh, this particular cruise was going to check off a lot of different uh, uh, lists uh, in that bucket. Uh, first and foremost was going to be Cuba. Uh, I've not done that before, something I've always wanted to do. So my wife and I, uh, we, we, we booked a cruise on Empress. Uh, that was another uh, bucket list was to, to cruise on Empress. Um, Another part of that bucket list that we were going to accomplish is not only do we have uh, Empress booked at the 1st of September, but we were going to do our first side-to-side um, with Majesty uh, leaving out of uh, Fort Lauderdale. It was also our 26th wedding anniversary, my birthday, and we were going to achieve diamond status. Wow. So it was a big bucket. Yeah, it's, I think you pretty yeah. much hit everything there except for bar mitzvah anniversary yeah. and, and uh, I don't know, birth of a child on the ship. Exactly. So, you know, so of course, you know, being very excited as we were, uh, the first thing that happened to us uh, is sometime, I guess, in June, the U.S. government decided that um, it was not a good thing for us to visit Cuba any longer. So uh, we, we, we lost that portion of the cruise. And, uh, and also, too, I want to say before I get into this, I've, I've been really, really, I've always been impressed with Royal Caribbean. That's why I've always been loyal to Royal. But, but after this cruise and the series of events that happens, it, it just reaffirmed our loyalty uh, to the company. And so in June... You know, we get a nice, friendly email from Royal Caribbean saying, you know, hey, even though this isn't our fault, you know, we're having to do as the government tells us to. We would still like for you to cruise on Empress. We've changed the itinerary to Western Caribbean, which, you know, hey, we love Western Caribbean, too. Sure. Uh, 
And if you still choose to choose, uh, sell with us, uh, we're going to give you a, uh, 50% off of your cruise as a credit. Wow. So, Hey, we, we would have gone regardless, uh, but 50, <laughs> 50% makes it just that much sweeter. So, uh, you know, we get all excited about, you know, doing that. It, it, uh, we're still going to be on Empress. So we still get some of our, our buckets, uh, list checked off with it. So, so then along comes hurricane Dorian and, uh, you know, we get a nice, uh, another nice email from Royal Caribbean saying, Hey, you know, it's not our fault. We still like for you to cruise with us. Uh, we've now changed it to the Bahamas and now it's only going to be three days. Wow. Uh, but if you'd like for it to sell with us, we'll offer you 50% off. So, you know, here we are with 50% off already, and then we're getting another 50% off. Uh, you know, probably, Matt, in, in, in another circumstance, if we hadn't had that side to side, we we may have not flown down there for three days. Uh, but I'm so glad that we did uh, with the way that it turned out. Um when uh, we left out of Nashville, and I'll tell you, that plane uh, plane ride down to Fort Lauderdale, there was virtually no one on the airplane because this was just—I mean—immediately after uh, you know Dorian had come through the Bahamas and South Florida, and um, so we get down there and uh, uh, get our ride share over to the terminal. And I tell you, I've never walked into a terminal where there wasn't anybody. I mean, seriously, man, this is the first time I've been on Empress and in that uh, in that particular terminal that they were uh, loading the ship at. And I honestly thought we were at the wrong place. <laughs> um, that, well, it's, it's first of all, it, it's it is surprising. Number one, that your flight actually you know went off, considering that the hurricane had just gone through there. Yeah. And uh, and I was going to ask you, and you obviously addressed that that issue of you know it's one thing for if you live in Florida, and to go on a three day cruise, eh, why not, right? But still fly down for it, you know, and take advantage of it. I mean, basically you're cruising almost for free at this point with the mm-hmm. two different uh, refunds there. But mm-hmm. um, but it's glad you're able to again. This I, I think I think our audience is going to learn the uh, making you know you know the the saying you make lemon you get life gives you lemons you make lemonade out of it. This is a this is what it's all about here. So please continue here, Kelly. Right. Well, you know, not only was it free, uh, as it turned out, uh, they actually paid us to go on the cruise because by the time that we got done, when we walked off the ship and I got my receipt in my email, Royal Caribbean had refunded us. And now this is after gratuities, onboard expenses and everything I received, um, a credit back to my credit card of $251. And on top of that, they gave us a future cruise credit of 186. Hmm. So, uh, they paid us nearly $400 to go on that cruise. (laughs) Yeah. Not bad at all. I mean, that'll never happen again in my lifetime, but (laughs) aside from all that, that's not really what made this, this cruise, uh, special. Uh, what made it special was that uh, when we boarded the ship at 11 o'clock, uh, again, I can't emphasize enough to tell you how empty this vessel was. I mean, you know, Empress isn't big by any stretch of the imagination. I think at full capacity, I think we're talking around 1,900 there and abouts passengers. Yep. 
um, my wife and I got on board and, you know, like a lot of other uh, cruisers, you have these traditions that you go through. And my wife and I, Vanessa, our longstanding tradition is as soon as we get on board, we head straight to the schooner bar and get the drink of the day to start the vacation. I like it. And, uh, so that's, that's what we did. Uh, but typically when we go to the schooner bar, there's several people in there. Uh, we counted six uh, people in the bar. And uh, so we, we stayed in there for a little while when they – uh, released the rooms. We went and did that and came back for sail away. And again, there was no one in this, this bar. And so we were sitting there waiting to leave and the ship was supposed to leave out at four o'clock uh, in the afternoon and about four thirty rolled around and we still haven't left yet. Um, there, there was no announcements, you know, nothing that was made, uh, you know, what was going on. Uh, we hadn't even had mustard drill yet. And so um, a crew member came through and we asked him, you know, kind of what was, you know, we, you know, we knew it had to do something hurricane related. Uh, so we really weren't too alarmed about it. So anyway, a crew member came in and she actually sat down and, and, and talked with us. And, uh, and I asked, you know, kind of what was going on and, and asked, you know, how many people decided to sell well, out of the, from the whole ship, they had 350 passengers. Wow. That <laughs> That's a private cruise. ship. Yeah, I mean, it was literally like we, we were on our own personal yacht. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, the thing that we found out next was, was really what made this, this trip special. Uh, she said that uh, just at any time, the captain was going to be making an announcement of why we were late and what the purpose of our cruise was going to be. And uh, she said that uh, from the time that the hurricane came through, that Royal Caribbean's uh, people at corporate office, their, their, their buyers and stuff like that have been busy collecting food, generators, uh, medical supplies, anything that they could get in Miami and Fort Lauderdale area. And they were actually loading all of that stuff onto Empress. And that process was going to take them to about 9 or 10 o'clock that night. So we wouldn't be leaving until that night. And that we were going to be the very first ship to arrive in Freeport with relief uh, to those folks. And uh, that really made you feel good um, about the company, for sure. Um, so later that, that evening, the, the captain came on, made the announcement. And for those of us that were on the ship, uh, there were some cheers that went up. And, uh, and then they also kind of briefed us again when we did the muster drill uh, before we left. And uh, so that, that was really, uh, you know, really a great thing that the Royal Caribbean did, um, you know, as a company for, for those people in, in Freeport. Absolutely. I was actually, as you were talking about it, I was like, wait a minute, I think I remember this because I wrote a blog post about it. And sure enough, uh, you know, this is the blog post, Royal Caribbean organizes first Bahamas relief efforts in Freeport. And uh, yes, here's what I wrote here on the blog post. Yesterday, Empress of the Seas became the first, uh, first to activate the company's disaster relief operation to bring relief supplies and 20,000 daily meals to the Freeport Bahamas community. And, you know, there's photos and all that. And I was lucky enough to go on 
mariner of the season. I think we came in, we were the second or third ship after you. And I, I, uh, I believe, Matt, I believe yeah, it was either second or third because uh, our back-to-back or side-to-side with Majesty, we, we actually did went there as well. Yep. So. And uh, it's it was incredible for me to see that. And I, and it does make you feel a whole lot better, uh, you know, that, that they they were doing this. And, and this is a... Um, you know, what was also interesting about this, Kelly, was not only this occur, right, that that, that the, your your ship is bringing these supplies. You have to remember, Royal Caribbean announced this plan like a day before, and this wasn't like two weeks later, three weeks later. Okay, we're finally around to doing it. I mean, they put this thing into action, and they're impacting your vacation, right? They're impacting my vacation uh, as well. But, you know, they did it in a responsible way, and it does make you feel good about it that not only, you know, uh, is, the, is the company that you're – giving money to doing the social responsible thing there, but uh, you can see it in action and it, it's tangible and um, it, it, it does make you feel good about it. And, and the crew obviously behind it, um, it, it was for me, it was incredible to see. And I know that exactly that feeling Kelly you're talking about when the captain made that announcement of what you're doing. It's, 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 you know, it's, it, you always want to, you always strive to do the right thing and the right thing to do is always, it's hard to define, but you know, when you see it or you, or you, look at it and i think that's exactly what was happening here yeah and and something else too that that really kind of pulled at the the heartstring is there was another announcement later in the evening saying uh just kind of giving an update and part of that update is said that they would they were actually going to be bringing on um medical evacuees and women and children uh from freeport to ferry to nassau uh, so that that really even made you know things more incredible for what uh, for what they were going to do uh, with this relief effort. Um, Absolutely, incredible stuff. And, I mean, it's just yeah, it, it really was. And 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 not to mention, um, only having three hundred fifty people on the ship was <laughs> was really pretty remarkable. Um, you know, we uh, uh, that night for dinner of course they they made announcements how things were going to change through the cruise and everything and and because of having so few people on there there really was no sense in them having early seating late seating my time dining and all that in the dining room so basically what they did is they they just said we're going to have uh the dining room is going to be open from six to eight and it's just going to be open seating so whenever you want to go to the dining room just just show up. We'll get you to table, and and you can eat dinner. And, and they only opened the the lower level, the dining room, not not the upper level. Hmm. I guess that makes sense. Well, I mean, it's just yeah. even even with that, it still must have felt like you know there were like five people there, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, because not everybody goes to the main dining room, so I mean, it was still empty. You know, when when we went, so that that was pretty incredible to see. And then. Uh, so, you know, the show's were empty and so forth and so on. But uh, uh, the next morning, uh, uh, our original itinerary, well, the third itinerary that we received after the hurricane, we were supposed <laughs> to be at sea for a day and then Nassau, Key West, and then come back. And uh, so what they told us was that we were going, when we left Miami, we were going directly to Freeport. So... Um, uh, I'm an early riser. Uh, I love getting up early in the mornings on the cruise ship when uh, there's not really anybody stirring, which in this case, there was nobody stirring um, and watching the sun come up and, and that kind of thing. 
And uh, that particular morning when I got up, we had already arrived at Freeport. And uh, they had uh, lowered, I'd say, probably half of the, uh, the lifeboats uh, on the ship that they were using to ferry supplies back and forth. Uh, there was just a whole flurry of activity going on between the lifeboats running back and forth. They had uh, some, I guess, tugboats, you would call, uh, coming from their port, coming up to the ship and receiving bottled waters. And we saw, you know, these huge packs of cereals and, and, and all of this stuff. We, we couldn't pull into the dock because the dock was still damaged and they hadn't cleared it uh, for ships. So we had to anchor just off of the coast. Um, there were Coast Guard helicopters flying everywhere. Uh, from what we understand, they were performing rescue missions, getting people out of floodwaters, uh, that type of thing. So, I mean, it was it was really pretty incredible to, you know, to be there, you know, in that that moment. Um, and then uh, one of the things that that I noticed um, is as we were anchored off the coastline, you know, when you pull up to you get ready to pull in the porch, you see the island, you see all the beautiful greenery and the trees and, and, you know, and all that stuff, the nice blue waters and, and all that stuff that you see in the Caribbean. Well, the first thing I noticed, uh, Matt, the trees were stripped clean. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was just, it was just like somebody had taken a vacuum cleaner through there and just stripped the leaves off all the trees, hmm. uh, off, off the coastline there. So that was, uh, pretty terrifying to see i uh, know what those those people had gone through absolutely um, it, it's it's always difficult to even explain even if you have photo you know age of photos and videos it doesn't matter you can't it's hard to understand the or grasp the scale of it until you actually see mm-hmm. it for in, in person it's just there there is no it, it doesn't translate nearly as well you know over media as it does um when you see it in person so right. it, yeah it, it's incredible to see well, that, that evening when, when we finally left Freeport, um, they had, uh, again, the captain did a very good job of informing us everything that was going on. He, he said that, uh, that they, had, they had indeed brought on over 100 uh, people, you know, medical evacuations and women and children. And um, I'd actually came across uh, a mother and her child in the elevator. Um, and was just kind of asking them, you know, about uh, about things. And she said that they were uh, uh, the biggest thing was the floodwaters. And uh, she said her and her children had to, I guess, escape to the second floor of their house uh, to avoid the floodwaters. But Matt, she said something that uh, just really, really floored me, and something to me that I think you would only see in a movie. She told me that she lived there close to the coast. And because there, everything was just underwater, that not only did they have to escape the flood water in her house, but they said they actually had a shark in the house. Wow. So, um, just, yeah. just, I mean, you know, you go through all that and, and you have a shark in your house. I, I mean, know. you wow. know, <laughs> what do you do? Right. Right. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. Yeah. Uh, so, but in, anyway, the, the the following day, um, we get to Nassau, and I, I guess you know they they unloaded all those folks in the mornings, and 
and my wife and I, like, you know, a lot of people, we've been to Nassau so many times that that's usually the time that we like to enjoy the ship. Um, because uh, there's so many people that get off the ship. And in this case, I think we were the only two still left on the ship. Um, yeah. <laughs> so my, my wife and I, I, I'm really big in the trivia. I love playing the trivias on those days. And, and, uh, and my wife does too. And, uh, so we show up for 10 o'clock trivia uh, in the schooner bar and there is no one. And, and, and actually the young lady, she, she's one on the uh, cruise director staff. Uh, she actually stayed with us all day long from like 10 o'clock to five o'clock uh, doing the different games. And I think there was only two times that we actually had another guest with us during those games and uh and she actually enjoyed it because we we had her join in with us on some of the games i mean she would direct the trivia but we had like cornhole and then there's this game where you you toss this rope that wraps around different levels on a on a uh, a pole type thing and uh, so, so we let her play the games with us, and we actually awarded her two gold medals. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So you know, it was uh, it, it was really something special that that we had. So uh, again, you you want to feel like having a private yacht and everybody at your beck and call. We 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 had that all day long while we were in Nassau. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, just a great way to, you know, again. Taking what for most people, you know, you, you, you had your heart set on Cuba canceled. You had this cruise that was you're supposed to go on greatly shortened and, you know, greatly impacted as well. Even the places you're going still dealing with, you know, the damage it wasn't like Nassau was 100 percent when you got there. You know, there's still issues there, but it's it's it goes to something that I always try to tell people about any cruise you go on, no matter where it is in the world. It's about it's about what you bring to it. It's, it's your approach to it. it's your for lack of a better word, your attitude towards it. You know, and you didn't look at it like, well, this is like punishment, right? It's not what I wanted, and uh, you know, uh, kind of, you know, you know, almost looking at it as as, as suffering. You looked at it as an opportunity, you know, and it's still something fun. And not only did you make out like bandits money wise on this sailing, but you also were able to be a part of obviously Royal Caribbean giving back, and of course, uh, enjoying really, like you said, like your own private yacht. Yeah, and you know, and I, I'm the type of person. Somebody asks, well, "What was your favorite? What's your favorite cruise?" And you know, my response is always the next one. Uh, <laughs> I like that. But, but you know, it it, it really was. Um, it, it really ended up being a very memorable uh, cruise. Not not only on Empress, but but on Majesty as well. And and speaking of uh, Empress, you know, uh, I would encourage people to to try sailing on that. And I know Matt, you've said you've not been on Empress before. Um, you know, it, you, you're not going to have all the frills, the water slides and stuff like that. But if you're just wanting a vacation to where you can just basically just go and just relax, you know, just, just have time to with your wife to yourself and just relax. Uh, they've done a, a, just a fabulous job with Empress. Um, the outside of the ship, you, you know, you can tell that it's small. But honestly, when, when you get inside, the way that the ship is laid out, the, the rooms 
um, not the state rooms, but more the public areas. They've done a great job with those spaces and you don't feel confined uh, at all. And, and I'll, I'll tell you uh, a couple of impressions for that ship. Uh, of all the ships that I've been on, uh, the Schooner Bar and Boleros, uh, I would venture to say, are, are the best or, you know, at least in the top two or three uh, spaces in, in the entire fleet. Wow. Uh, they're, yeah. they're just absolutely just incredible. Um, and, uh, you know, there was a lot of first. Uh, and doing because you know I, I do a lot of research when before we go on cruises to try to you know learn about the ship and where we're going and stuff like that and and you know Empress you, you see a lot of a lot of things that 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 Royal Caribbean's built on from Empress uh, you know I, I learned that Empress was the first ship to have a two story dining room uh, they were the first. It was the first ship to have a multi-story glass centrum with the glass elevators, uh, the first two-story theater, uh, and the first multi-level casino. Hmm. So it, it was really good to see kind of that heritage that you know that uh, that Royal Caribbean's built off from from Empress. Uh, I was very impressed with with the ship, and of course it it helped having the whole thing to yourself as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Kelly, it sounds like a great, it sounds like you had a great time on that cruise. And I'm so glad to hear you were able to take what would have been for a lot of people, either, you know, they would have canceled the cruise, not gone or, or, or just simply like a, a very disappointing situation at the least. And you turned mm -hmm. it into something, uh, you know, into, into one of your favorite, if not your favorite cruise you've been on. So that's, that's, it's an amazing story. And I really appreciate you joining me here to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it's been my pleasure. And, and again, just really enjoy listening to your blogs and all your content and stuff that you have for us to, cruisers to listen to and get us by until we can uh, get back on board. Well, friends, time to answer some more of your listener emails. Let's begin this week with an email from Ryan Ahmed, who writes, Hi, Matt, we're thinking of planning a cruise at around May 2021, if COVID is over, of course, and we're thinking of doing a seven-night Western Mediterranean cruise on Harmony of the Seas. I'm traveling with two teens of ages 13 and 15 at the time. My biggest concern is, how will I find my children on the cruise? And question number two, does the Bannock Bar serve non-alcoholic drinks? Thanks. P.S. Your podcasts are amazing. Thank you, Ryan, for the email. So number one, uh, let's go back. I always go backwards. I don't know why, but I always do. This one's an easier to answer backwards. The Bionic Bar does serve non-alcoholic drinks. Yeah, when you go to the Bionic Bar, there's a couple of menus you can choose from. Uh, there's like uh, custom-created drinks by other guests. There's a menu of created drinks that the bar comes with. And, of course, you can customize anything. You can tell them, I want to have a Coke and, you know, I don't know, seltzer water. I don't know. what It's something crazy. You can do that. on You can customize any drink that you want. You can include alcohol, non-alcohol. And in the menus that are there, there are some non-alcoholic drinks already included there, but you can obviously take a alcoholic beverage and just take out the alcohol. Um, now, of course, since the Bionic Bar doesn't have anything frozen, like there's no daiquiris or pina coladas, you have to keep in mind, of course, that there's it's a little more limited, but yes, absolutely, there are non-alcoholic drinks available. So, in terms of how do you find your kids on a cruise, you know, on a cruise ship, a lot of people, a lot of, uh, this is a very common concern because you're right. Ordinarily, there's not a means for it. Royal Caribbean is developing a chat feature on its app that will eventually go fleet-wide and will eventually allow you to be able to chat for free 
with uh, your kids. They would have the Royal Caribbean app on their phones, you'd have the Royal Caribbean app on your phone, and you could chat with them there, and that would work. Unfortunately, that feature is only available right now on Harmony of the Seas and Allure of the Seas. Again, that will change, but we don't know when. So, assuming you're not on one of those ships, and assuming that the chat feature hasn't been rolled out yet, you gotta do it old school. I mean, basically, my best recommendation is, since they're teens, you don't have to be, you know, following their every movement, is, you know, set up opportunities to either meet up, you know, it's like, okay, at this hour, we're always gonna be here. You, uh, voicemail is a very popular option. Leave a voicemail on the stateroom phone. You know, hey, it's mom and dad, we're gonna be in the solarium until probably three o'clock, then we're going to trivia after that. That's a good option. A dry erase board that you can get from like the dollar store and put on your stateroom door is another common one. Those are probably the most common, easy ways to do it. If you wanted to spend a little bit of money, not too much, you could text each other actually, like conventional texting, like through you know your phone. Um, you know, while using your cell phone to talk, like place phone calls or download, is really expensive on a cruise ship. Texting actually isn't. I mean, most you have to check with your carrier, but if you're just texting and not using your phone for data or or phone calls, you know, you, you most carrier plans, even when you're roaming, a, a, incoming messages are free, and sent messages are like you know no more than fifty cents a message. You might consider doing something like that. I think it's probably overkill, and you also run the risk of accidentally, you know, data's on or something like that. But I want to throw that out there. But yeah, I would say probably your best bet is to go one of those old school or low tech methods, voicemails. Uh, I would also set at the very least have like a, a fallback time. Like, look, if we can't find each other throughout the day, you know, five o'clock every night, meet back at this place, whether it's the room, whether it's just a check-in, even if it's just like. Hey, mom and dad, we're gonna go play basketball. You know, we've got you know, just just FaceTime. You know what I mean? People say, okay, you are still here. It's a lot easier than you think. It's just I, I understand as a parent, it can give you a little bit of a um, little bit of anxiety, certainly, about not knowing exactly or being able to communicate at any given time with your kids. But fear not. I mean, there's there. First of all, teens are not usually that hard to find because they're usually in one of a couple places. But have a couple of ground rules. I think that'll be a good way to go about it. Next, we have an email from Declan who writes, Hi Matt, love the podcast. I know you're a Royal Caribbean, I know you are a Royal Caribbean podcast, but I question about MSC cruises. They're moving the seaside to Port Canaveral this November and the Davina up in March. This is the first time MSC will be cruising out of Port Canaveral. My question is, how do you think this, the congestion will now be with two carnival ships, two Royal Caribbean ships, two Disney ships, and now another very large ship there from MSC? Thanks, love the podcast. I know they won't be sailing uh, all on the same day, but still. And, that, and, and Declan, your last point there is the most important thing. They're not sailing on the last day. Number two, on top of that, Port Canaveral is a pretty big operation. Even if you have six or so ships in port, it can handle it pretty well because there's multiple uh, exits for the ports. Uh, they have their own terminals there. So here's the thing, Declan. If you were to roll into the port around noontime, yeah, there's going to be a lot of people there. Like, you know, there's going to be, there could be traffic. I, I generally find it not to be the case in Port Canaveral, unlike maybe some other ports, but, you know, it, it's, they, they handle it pretty well. But I guess here's my recommendation. Number one, get there early. It's always a good recommendation, you know, to beat the crowds. If you're at the port before 11 a.m., you're still going to beat a vast majority of people there. You're still going to experience far less of, traffic issues or anything like that but once you get to the terminal once you get to terminal one where royal caribbean sails out of it's largely irrelevant what other cruise lines are doing because royal caribbean has its own cruise terminal has its own parking garage and lots they're not shared with other cruise lines so you don't have to worry about you know oh there's extra ships there it's not like the airport where if you have a ton of airplanes coming in or going out for that matter you're going to have a lot more people in the building 
it, it doesn't work quite that way. So uh, it's good news, you know, for the cruise industry to see that. And so if you're <laughs> if you're Port Canaveral, it's great news. Uh, but for what you're talking about, I think really the the biggest impact would be if you were to come in at the peak time, which again would be somewhere in that you know uh, noon one o'clock time frame. That's that that's when most people arrive. So. And our last email this week is from John Alvarez, who writes, Hey Matt, I'm booked on sale on Oasis of the Seas in June 2021. I really want to try some specialty restaurants. I see a three-night dining package on the cruise planner. I really want to eat at Azumi. My understanding is that if I buy the package, I can't get a reservation until I board the ship. What are my chances of getting a reservation at Azumi if I were to head there on embarkation day? John, thanks for the email. So I assume when you're talking about Azumi, you're talking about hibachi, because there's two sides to, to Azumi. There's the sushi side, and there's the hibachi side. And the sushi side... Pretty easy to get a reservation for, but hibachi, you're absolutely right, John, can go pretty quickly. If you go there on embarkation day, right when you get on board the ship, you will be able to get something. It might not be exactly what you're looking for, but there's generally good availability. Um, I wouldn't, again, John, I can't promise you, is there the possibility that you get on board the ship, embarkation day, and it'll be sold out? Yes, that is a possibility. Have I seen it before? Yeah, uh, I feel like in the more recent year, or months, or however you want to look at it, more recently, um, it hasn't quite been that... It, that way, but the the on Oasis of the Seas, all the Oasis class ships, the Izumi Hibachi is very limited. They only have three tables, and you can only have set time. So it, it's it's fairly limited. But I, again, if you go on embarkation day, you're usually and, and you're flexible. Like you're okay with having dinner maybe a little later or a little earlier than you're used to. I, I think you'll be okay on that. Uh, and um, but that would be my strategy because at the end of the day, John, those dining packages are so cheap compared to obviously if you paid it a la carte. Um, via you know Royal Caribbean's website, so that would be my that's what I would do, and and I would roll the dice on it. I, I think that's what um, what what you should do as well. So yeah, uh, book the book the dining package, get on board the ship, go there first thing. I mean, really, I would get there as soon as you get on board the ship, go there first. It'll only take you a couple minutes to make the reservation, and you'll be good to go. So thank you to John, thank you to everybody for listening to this week's episode. Of course, you can always email me Matt uh, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com, Matt M A T T at royalcaribbeanblog.com if you want to send me your emails but really anything on your mind about Royal Caribbean. So thanks for listening. This has been Matt and we'll talk again real soon.